Welcome to Who Wins Radio, and this is your host, Daniel Hood, and you're about to listen to pre-recorded and live broadcasting. And if you want to find out more, please go to our website at www.hoodwave.org. Again, that is www.hoodwave.org. Welcome to Hoodwig Dispy Radio, and I am with the Cow Tipping Press, and I want to introduce Rachel Lindemann. Hey, what do you think about the weather? I thought it was really nice. It turned out to be a very nice day. Hey, what do you think? A little cold for me. I'm waiting for summer, but thanks so much for having us on, Daniel. I'm really excited to um, be on the radio with our authors from Achieve Services. Uh, and we have our new book, Forget Me Nots, to share. Hey, that sounds good. Um, so uh, I do have a brief question. Uh, so basically, how did you start with the cow tipping press? Yeah, for me personally, I started as a teacher almost five years ago now. Um, and I work full time kind of organizing our classes and doing some stuff in the background. Um, but we also have with us today the teacher of this class. Her name is Malini. Hello, um, my name is Malini and I was the instructor for uh, the spring 2021, one of their cow tipping classes. Um, and I had a lot of fun teaching. Um, it was my first class, but I really appreciate how enthusiastic all the students were and I really loved their class discussions. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited to hear people's works today. Um, and I'm um, I mean, I've read all of them, and they're really beautiful. I think everyone listening will um, love love the pieces, too. And are we ready to start with the author reading? Yeah, we can actually start. Okay, I'm I'm going to introduce our authors. Um, Today we have with us Amber Fisher. Um, Amber loves to create her own fabric art, including bags and jewelry, um, some soft sculptures. She also loves painting with words. Descriptions, similes, and alliterations are some of her favorite toys. Um, Amber, I would like to ask you, where do you get your inspiration for writing from? Well, I get it from my life experiences. Mm-hmm. And my creativity with um, with nature and with cloth and beads and I sort of pay attention to the little things like flowers and um, a lot of like uh, memories Sorry, from childhood, memories from childhood and stuff like that. So. Yeah, that's great. That's where my inspiration comes from. Uh, And would you like to share um, some of your writing from this class? Sure. Do you want me to start with the first one in the book? 
Uh, yes, that would be great. Um, the first one is flowers. Yep, it's flowers. It's a list poem, which means I just kind of listed things up. Um, and this one was flowers I listed. I listed all the names in my head of all the flowers. I could probably add more, but this is a start. Here it goes. This is the poem called Flowers. Gladiolas, peonies, bachelor buttons, amaryllis, lilies, spiderwort, coral bells, snapdragons, violet, pansies, thistle, morning glories, lilacs, asters, and poppies, passion flowers, violets, and lily of the valley, balloon flowers, dahlias, carnations, baby's breath, milkweed, forget-me-nots, marigold, heliotrope, and delphiniums. That sounds great. That was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, and the next piece in our book um, is San Francisco, California. Would you uh, like to read that for us too? Sure. Let me find it in here. Gee. Thank you. Um, it is. Page 14. Yep. It's called San Francisco, California. San Francisco, California, with that Golden Gate Bridge that's colored red but is actually called International Orange. He was sitting there on a sandy beach and tuned by words, Jim Morrison. The Beatles walking along an Abbey Road, flared trousers and thick sunglasses a slick tar under a heavy sunshine that screams at the soles of their shoes. The free city, incense and the flower dresses, hitchhikers looking for a ride to the alternative, to working for the man in its pandemonium, on the way to a commune or a concert, selling pansies on the roadside, I picture those flowers in orange, purple, yellow, black, and periwinkle. questions from the audience or should we move on to um to all the writing first well we could go to the next person um i have a i have a question for amber if i may okay amber, amber both of those poems for me had just so much vivid imagery in them it was really nice to when i was reading them or hearing you read them, be able to kind of close my eyes and, and sit back and listen. I'm curious, when you were listing the flowers, did you pick any particular order of them on purpose, or did you reorder them, or did you let them kind of just come out as you thought of them? I let them come out, but I did think of writing other poems similar, doing them um, alphabetically or rhyming them or grouping them with alliteration. But I haven't done anything with that idea quite yet, but I'm going to. Yeah, it's beautiful. Thank you. And just for our listeners out there, um, that piece, Flowers by Amber, is where the title of our book comes from, Forget-Me-Nots. Um, and if you'd like a copy of some of this beautiful poetry and more of the fantastic stories you'll hear today, you can get it at cowtippingpress.org. Um, and you can also get it on Amazon.com in both Kindle and paperback versions. 
Um, and I also want to just make sure I thank uh, the Northeast Library, Hennepin County Library, for making this class possible, um, funded by the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Um, Amber, would you like to read um, the other pieces in our book as well? Sure. How about I start with a sad jingle of joy? Yeah, that would be great. Okay. This one is a, a piece about my childhood, a specific memory. Um, here it goes, the sad jingle of joy. The year after my mom died, my Nana and I went to the mall around Christmas to see Santa. I asked for a dollhouse and a real-life kitten. We went to the pet store a lot just to see the animals. I favored a black cat with emerald green eyes. That year was hard for everyone. My grandma spent all night the day before Christmas making me a dollhouse from scratch. She even used some scraps of carpet that matched ours in the living room. Little did I know, but my other Christmas gift was waiting for me at the neighbor's house. I woke up Christmas morning to a black cat with green eyes waiting patiently and absurdly quiet in a cat carrier with a red bow and a pair of bells. The cat is with my mom now, and I still have the dollhouse. Um, I feel like you explore a lot of um, personal memories in your work. Um, how much do you think your work relies on your own personal experiences versus like imaginative writing? Well, I have a hard time writing fiction, but I, but I do like to make things very, very vivid. Mm -hmm. and use a lot of description. A lot of my stuff relies on um, kind of my creativity more than it does my memory, but I do like to kind of bring memory into it and make it more alive that way. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. um, and I think you have, oh. Yeah, I've got one more piece in here, but I can't find it. Hold on. Let's see here. That's not it. The last piece is, I think, from page 30, The Ocean. Okay. Page 30. Okay, here it is. All right, this is a very short piece. And it's just a description of a noun. That's what she had us do in class. Ruffled ribbons of aqua, teal, and white. Smells of salt and lobster. Seagulls leaving behind shells. Cracking them open, eating soft clam meat. Thank you. Yeah. And that's sort of a made-up description. Oh, it's, it's really Because I've, I've never actually seen seagulls eat clam meat before, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought it worked well. It's one of my favorite poems in the book. 
Um, but we will move on to our next author now. Um, Which poem was she reading, Melina? Um, that was on page 30, uh, The Ocean. Um, oh. And, yeah. I will be introducing our next author, Cole. Cole Isaacson <clears throat> is a creative person with a thirst to get his stories out on the paper. He's a fun-loving person who is willing to adapt to the coronavirus, who can also think well under pressure. Um, he loves relaxing in his hot tub and his video games. Do you have a specific video game that you've enjoyed playing over this pandemic, Cole? Really, it depends on what I'm in the mood to play. Mm -hmm. um, like, okay. for mm -hmm. example, I might play Bakugan, I might play Pokemon, I might play Yu-Gi-Oh! Depends on what I'm in the mood for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. Um, would you like to um, share your first piece with us? I think that's... Or um, which pieces have you prepared to share with us today? Uh, I ha have one of my favorite pieces with me, and that would be um, Utopic Future that has no casualties. Would you like to read that for us? Yeah. In the future, people would duel with Yu-Gi-Oh cards instead of shooting each other. That way, there would be, there would be, they would take out their frustration without, with dueling instead of shooting. There would be less death that way, and I, and that way, there would be no need that way, you don't have. We wouldn't have to worry about dictators constantly declaring war all the time. There would be no need for nuclear weapons. Basically, we would each have a deck that we would use to train with. These, those who were the better duelists would be, in, even if they had disabilities, could be enlisted in the military. And I believe this, that would be this world would be equality, although it might have a few 
called them if the dual monsters spirits get into disagreements with their supposed duelists. The end. Thank you so much. That was great. Um, do you have another piece prepared for us, Paul? Yes, I do. Um, yeah, maybe we'll hold the questions for after. That would be Omega's most dang deadliest attack. Omega's quickest most deadliest attack. Um, Omega is in, in the show, the shower, get, getting ready for another day of work when a ninja barges into his bathroom. He doesn't have his weapon or his armor. Since he's a bounty hunter, so he grabs a bar of soap and it ends up suffocating, attacking the ninja with the bar of soap. Yeah. He ends up suffocating the ninja with it. In, in his own words, Anything can be used as a weapon, even a bar of soap. But then he realizes he's undecent and pops back in the shell <laughs> because he, the ninja killer, doesn't have any clothes on. So he has to go back in the shower and finish cleaning himself. Washing him out. After all, the ninja got blood on his hands. So he has to wa wash the blood ninja's blood off. The end. <laughs> Paul, I love the mix of humor and gore and just kind of silliness in this piece. I'm curious to know, and maybe you don't want to admit this on the radio, but we'll ask it anyways. Have you ever used a bar of soap to kill somebody or has anybody attacked you with a bar of soap? Um, or, or where did this idea come from, if not? I watched a lot of cartoons, so I guess it came in. I got inspired from watching a bunch of cartoons. So nobody has ever attacked you with a bar of soap? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not even if you were swearing? Uh. I, 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 I'm close to it, but. No, I've never had it happen. Hey. My grandmother used to threaten me. Do you want to buy a soap in that mouth? 
<laughs> I've heard that. <laughs> no, I've never had that blood dripping of soap in the mouth. Those bad words. <laughs> hey, this is Daniel again. Yeah, I actually had a bar of soap once when I actually swore. Did you really? Yes, I did. <laughs> I've never done it again after that. Well, it was used as a weapon, wasn't it? No. <laughs> it was just for my own good. Sure, your own good, yeah. I know. I guess my grandma it, probably meant the best, too. Yeah, I guess the inspiration for that idea was the TV show Kill, Holding Kids Next Door. They used, they took normal, almost any household appliances, like soap, for example, and turn it into weapons. You gotta stay vigilant. Yeah. Especially this year when we're all stuck at home, roommates getting on each other's nerves, you gotta watch out. Yeah. I guess, I guess my Omega just ended up finding a way to defend himself that wasn't, that wouldn't get him too arrested. I would love to read this story in like a comic form because I think it lends itself really well to like those big action like um, onomatopoeia like pow and I can see this soap like slip off the page um, and I know you've written other Omega Man like little um, short stories so I feel like it could be a cool serial. That'd be really neat for a little zine. Yeah, yeah, a little zine or something. Um, yeah. Or like uh, flip books, maybe even? Ooh, yeah, a little animation or something? Yeah, little flip books. I used to make those. Maybe you guys can collaborate on something. That would be fun. I'll have to think about it once I go back to work. All right. Um, I think we'll move on to the next author now. Um, we... I would like to present Josh. Um, Josh Larson likes all kinds of shows. He doesn't have a favorite. Josh's favorite leisure activity is writing songs. He often performs his original songs for himself and for others. Josh has always lived in the Twin Cities, but has moved around within the cities over his life. Well, some of them, Melina. Some of, some of the Twin Cities. Some of, some of which. But I currently live in this city. Elk River. Oh, I see. Nice. Um, would you like to... Your first piece is, I think, on page four, Alalib. Would you like to read that for us? Yes. Great. Here it goes. Alalib. Alalib is an owl. He's, he's two years old. Is an owl who's two years old. Her name is a portmanteau of the word owl and the name olive. She has siblings and she is kin to them. She is colored red. She is a special owl. She is awake at night and sleeps in the day. She is a fantastic owl. She snares a tree with a bird. She shares a tree with a bird friend. 
She is an ally you can be friends with. Um, I think your next piece is on page nine, um, Cindy. Okay, here it goes. Cindy. Cindy, I love you very much. I know I see you some Fridays, but I know I will see you again one day, and then we can have some time together. I love you very much. Oh. That's so sweet. Yeah. Um, your next piece is on page 13, I think. Okay. Called Invisible. Invisible. I feel invisible sometimes to my family because I know I am scared. I know I am, but I am mostly visible to my family because I love them very much and I feel I embrace them. That's all I know now. And I think your last piece is on um, page 27, COVID-19 vaccine. Okay, COVID-19 vaccine. Here it is, COVID-19 vaccine. One day on March 9th, 2021, I was being a little nervous about getting a COVID-19 vaccine when mom and dad told me about it, that it would happen, but then I decided to be more confident about it, and I knew that could be depressing, but it would be okay, and that was the day I didn't feel much like doing it, but I knew I should do it anyway. I knew that she would say to me, Josh, when you promise to stay at home for a week, for a while after the COVID-19 vaccine until I decide you can go back to work, you must keep your promise. And by bedtime, I realized that she was right, and I kept my promise. I woke up nervous again, and then I started to be a happy person again. Then I started to get fearful of the COVID-19 vaccine, and when it was over, I would still be exactly the same, doing and doing exactly the same things as before COVID. My vaccine was because I've been wanting it for so long that I wasn't quite sure what the next step was after that, because once I got it, I worry I would feel a little I worried I would feel a little lost out. Uh, and then I got over it and calmed my mind thanks to my family. Wow. Except for one confidant. And that confidant was me. And I felt much better after. And I kept this. Except for one. And that confidant was me. I felt much better after we talked. I knew it was all right for me to talk about anything I was thinking about. Or anything I was feeling with the people I loved and still love today. And I knew the vaccine was nothing to be afraid of. And I knew I should get two doses separated by 28 days unless told by my doctor or vaccine provider. And I promised I would do it not to get it. I promised I would do it and I would keep the promise, that promise. And the one reason I had to do this was so I could go places and do things and have fun. And that's the end of my story. Josh, I think you really capture what a lot of our whole country and world has been feeling and thinking about in that story. And I did not realize until I heard you read this out loud that COVID-19 vaccine is kind of a little rhyme. Yeah. It used to be, it was, it was hypothetically a vaccine. Yeah. It's been a wild year, huh? It was hypothetically a vaccine. But it's not hypothetical. It's not a hypothetical vaccine anymore. That's true. Josh, I don't want to put you on the spot, but um, I'm wondering, any chance we could hear a little piece of one of your original songs 
and or would you like to tell our our listeners where they can check out your music you can check them on the music anywhere I know of one place that I know is achieveservices.org. You can find Josh's CDs. But maybe there are more places than that and I don't know about them. But you can stream them on any streaming service, music streaming service. What should people type in to find your songs? Well, uh, uh, I'm going to tell you one thing. If, if I wrote this, if since I wrote the song Apple Music, Apple Music would be the right choice for that song. I mean, so there's now a that song I wrote the called... song Deezer, Deezer would be the right choice for Deez that song. There's a song called Apple Music out there by Josh Larson. Yeah, and by he... Dance at Your Own Risk. On the album Dance at Your Own Risk, and you can find it at AchieveServices.org. But the best place would be Apple Music. Yeah, Apple Music is the right choice for that song. Okay. And would you like to sing us just a little bit of it so we can get a taste? Um, I'm sorry. I forgot. I forgot. I left the... I deleted the recording. Oh, okay. My singing just went with the recordings and lyrics. I gotcha. Should we open it up to listener questions now? Um, I'm, yeah, um, if anybody has any questions for any of our authors, uh, we have some time now. Uh, hey, Josh. What? Uh, where'd you get the inspiration for all for the owl story. Um, let me show ya, I think. Have you ever had a pet owl or something? Josh, for our radio listeners who can't see your image, can you describe what it's showing? Um, it's Olivia right there. That's my inspiration. Is that a character from a show or a comic? It's a character from a show called uh, Pinkalicious and Theaterific. <laughs> Sounds fun. Yeah, if I may say once more, just for anyone tuning in out there or listening later, um, you can get your own copy of Forget-Me-Nots at cowtippingpress.org or on amazon.com. And you can also at cowtippingpress.org subscribe and we'll send Uh, you I'm looking for the, what was the name of the poem that inspired the name, book story that inspired the name Cowtipping Press, Cowtipping in the Night? 
in the dark, I think. Yeah, because it's being press got its name. Um, and um, it's I, 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 I just wanted the book that half had that title. Oh yeah, that, I wanted the book that have that have, uh, story. Have a copy yeah. of that. That's what? a good question. That book is from before my time at Couchabing Press, and it was first starting up. So I'll, I was, was that the first book ever. I think it was the first story ever, or a story in the first class ever. So I have to but check. But I thought that story actually. was still there. It, it is somewhere. I will check with our founder Brian Boyce and see if I can get you a copy of that poem. Okay, please do. I will. I will. Um, and yeah, just I, cow tipping. Our mission really is. Is that the poem that made cow tipping press famous? Oh gosh, I don't know. I think it's a bunch of little bits and pieces here and there um, that is set cow tipping. Well, it is the most interesting, but it will be the most interesting poem, I, the interesting story I've ever read. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. That's a lot of pressure, but I'm going to look for it and try to get it your way. Um, for everyone out there who wants to, to read our stuff, the, the mission of our organization is really to make sure more stories by people with developmental disabilities are getting out into the world um, and getting more and more famous. Um, and I'm curious for all the students who are on the call and, and newly published authors who are on the call with us today, um, do you want to say anything about what classes were like or your hopes, like what you hope to do as artists and authors and writers and people um, in the near or distant future? That was a big question. <laughs> I'm not sure. This is Amber Fisher. I'd like to say something. Okay, I really want to get my own book published, like a paperback. Mm -hmm. And put all my poems into it. Except for really, except for a couple really personal ones. But um, some of them are kind of funny, and when I read on my own without the classes, I, I get a lot done that way too. And I get inspired by, by the books that I read and and all the information that I take in day by day. Like, all these little, like, I'll watch, like, a program on TV with my boyfriend or something. And that's where I got the San Francisco, California poem from. Mm -hmm. As we were actually watching uh, public ass, I think it was, like, public ass um access video kind of thing um it was like a documentary on San Francisco and it kind of made me think about like the hippie the hippie era and how open and free people were you know but I thought about that doing my own my own paperback book and I also want to sell my sculptures and my purses and my jewelry I want to sell them in coffee shops and I also like to maybe do something with my bags like as a like people would send me personal effects like their old 
you know, the old first place ribbon or at the old tie from her grandfather or a nightgown from her grandmother or some beads that they found on an old shirt or anything, like little bits and pieces of fabric and stuff to me in a box and I would make a purse or a bag out of it for somebody and then they could pay me like a flat fee, like um, probably around $80 probably to like get a really nice bag for them and use some of their supplies and then they would just pay me for my time pretty much and the rest of the supplies that I need for like thread stuff like that. So I'm thinking about starting up a business like that too. That would be awesome, Amber. You know, That's just like custom made things and it would be memorable to them because they'd have their you know, I mean, I made a purse for myself that's going to go to my daughter's daughter eventually if she has any children. I put part of her baby blanket in there and part of my grandmother's nightgown and a piece of lace from a hair ribbon no, that I had when I was a kid. You know, I mean, things like that I put in there, and it's it's really special to me, and I carry it around sometimes. And, but, Super beautiful. But, yeah. Yeah. I, I keep adding to it. I add to it all the time. I'll add, like, a fake flower or a bead or whatever, whatever strikes me. I find something, and I'm like, ooh, yeah, that should go on the purse. So I keep adding to it. Josh or Cole, did you want to add anything um, before we close out? Go ahead, Cole. Yeah. I would. Go ahead. I, I liked taking the class because it was a fun experience. Because I enjoyed spending time with the staff. I enjoyed writing stories. I enjoyed being able to write my stories because normally I can't get my stories out on paper. This was a way I could get my stories out on paper. Oh, I loved reading them. I'm glad they got down on paper. Josh, anything else you want to add while we're still on the radio? I'm not sure. All right, fair enough. <laughs> I, I actually do, I, I do, I do. Go ahead. I like taking that I liked taking that class because it was a great experiment experience for me. Yeah, it was a great experience teaching it, too. I really enjoyed talking to you all. I like the class a lot. Yeah, I'm going to I like all the prompts and the videos of the flowers, especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really... The life of the flower that you showed us. That was really neat. Daniel. That's a good <laughs> 
Daniel, do you have anything else for us on the show? I actually was, I was going to ask Cole a question, but I realized that my microphone wasn't up. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Huh. How you doing, Cole? Hey, this is Daniel. Uh, I got a question for you. Uh, the question I'm going to ask is, uh, do you like class the uh, classic uh, video games like uh, Pac-Man, Asteroids? No, I'm not a big classic video game fan. Mm. Too fast for me. Ah, uh, you so you don't like Mario? Uh, <laughs> a little bit, but not that much. Like me, I'm a big fan. So if, uh, when it comes to video games, when it comes to Atari, Sega Genesis, uh, yeah, NES. I mean, I'm a. I love that kind of stuff. Video, that kind of video games is is actually one of my uh, biggest interests. Sounds like you're dating yourself. No, I'm not really. <laughs> No, actually, uh, believe it or not, I'm actually happy to be married. So, yeah, so I'm uh, married to uh, Leah. Uh, and she is also, she's, uh, she also has a dream of writing. And so it's, uh, she actually wants to write her own book. And actually, she's actually doing that right, right, right now. So uh, I'm actually encouraging her to keep, you know, to keep it up. Yeah, um. You like older stuff, so you're old. Well, is what I meant. No, I'm not old. Really, I'm not all that old, really. Forty-four years old really isn't all that old. It is to me. I'm twenty-nine. <laughs> 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 all right. Well, thank you so much for having us on, Daniel. It was such a treat to be on air with you. Yeah, well, hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll be able to do this uh, more often. And like I said, this is actually our first, uh, um, actually, online uh, broadcast. So, uh, so I'm hoping that this will, uh, you know, keep on continuing. So that's basically that's my biggest dream is to actually to have Hoodwave to be 24 hours. And being able to, you know, basic change lives. It's and being able to, uh, you know, show hey, off Google, their talents and stuff. Google teacher appreciation. Awesome. Well, thank you. Hey, you're welcome. Yeah, thank you so much for having us on. Yes, I agree. It was fun. Amber, what do you think? It was awesome to have that class. I really liked it a lot. I look forward to maybe teaching it someday. Yeah, you would be an amazing teacher. That would be so much fun. I would love to do that. Well, the other question I'm going to ask, well, how do you like uh, talking through the internet to the other side? And that's what that's what you guys are doing now. It's actually talking around the world, basically. 
That's kind of neat. I like it. Yeah, I like it. I want some more of it. Well, so uh, so let's we're about to wrap it up. Well, thank you for the time. You're very welcome. And everybody listening, thank you so much for supporting our books and our poems and our stories. And thank you for listening to our collective voice. You're very welcome. So, uh, so now uh, this is Hoodway Dispute Radio, and if you want to get more uh, information, you can go to the Hoodwave uh, Disability website. That is at uh, www.hoodwave.org. And again, that is www.hoodwave.org. And uh, we're hopefully that we'll be able to hear more from uh, from our listeners. And uh, and thank you very much for you know taking the time. So uh, this is Hoodwave Dispute Radio, and uh, thank you very much for uh, for listening.